We are back online episode nine. So this is a follow-up episode because we're this is the first uh, time that we're meeting in um, not my office, not one of your investment properties. We're, we're currently meeting in my ADU that's attached to my primary residence. Yeah, bought the residence three years ago. Uh, super cool house, uh, mid-century split story. And it's basically broken up into four four quadrants. There's a top two quadrants, the bottom two quadrants, and uh, there was there it was a it was a unique build because it had a covered patio out front, and underneath the house in the bottom you know right quadrant of the house, it had what what used to be a covered patio, an open covered patio, which mm-hmm. the previous owners they closed in. It used to be a hobby room, so it was unconditioned space. Um, but, uh, I'm sitting here and I, and I'm, and we're having, a, our, our conversations like we usually do. And, and I realized that we're sitting in the space that, that I brought you to you and, a, and about a handful of our friends. We're outside smoking cigars and, uh, and we're kind of just celebrating my acquisition of the property. You were kind of hardcore acquisition mode, building mode, learning mode of kind of your investment thesis and your reno thesis and what you were buying and what you were looking for turning one door into two is looking for unique property build outs. And I remember you turning to me at the end of the night and saying, man, you really have an opportunity here in this space. Mm-hmm. And, and you had to go through my front door. You know, there's a stairwell in the middle of my living room down to the second, the second story. And there was, there was two bedrooms and there's this unconditioned hobby room, which we were all meeting in and the back patio and how I, I didn't buy the house. I bought the house because it was a really cool house at a really cool price in an amazing part of our, our city. You know, three minutes away from the river and the river trail. There's a creek in the backyard. There's a lot of cool stuff, natural stuff. And hidden my, at that point, buy box, which was location one, style of house. And I could, I could actually renovate it myself. And then price point. Those were my buy boxes at the time. So picking up a, a really killer very large house for $285,000 in an amazing part of town that I wanted to live, live in. I kind of called it my, my Redding house. My forever Redding house is kind of how I framed it in my mind. Something that I, I could see myself not being persuaded to go and continue to look elsewhere, even though I'm always looking. But we're sitting in this kind of basement space and thinking that like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with this space. Am I going to turn it into my hobby room? Am I going to turn it into a studio? Am I going to turn it into my office? How can I best leverage this space for myself without totally annoying the crap out of my wife, right? And, and like creating something for myself and, uh, and not actually thinking of my own physical space in my primary residence as something that I could start leveraging for income, right? You are coming, at, you're coming to, my, to my primary residence with a different lens, a different frame of reference. You are currently in transit at multiple houses that you were either renovating or buying at the time. And I just wanted to, to kind of to share with the listeners like kind of my thought process of just because I bought the house and I had a lot of vision for living in it with my family, there's parts of every property that you necessarily don't, you don't actually have vision for. And if you don't have vision for it, it's really hard to think about how to leverage it for cash flow, for as an asset itself. And so I, I wanted to light up a quick little dialogue. This is not going to be a, a long episode, but from my perspective, it took someone outside of me who had perspective about turning my largest liability into a partial asset or a full asset to really even get me to think about 
adding an ADU to my property. And sometimes it's not an ADU. Sometimes it's just house hacking. And what does mm -hmm. house hacking look like for you, listener, and what you have access to? But it was you and eight of our friends smoking cigars in the backyard. And you, you like, in, I don't know, like, I don't know if you, you thought it was a vulnerable thing, but I specifically heard your voice say like, hey, bro, like you, like this is really cool. And this could be something really cool and really beneficial for you and your family. Do you remember that? Yeah. And so like, what did, I mean, what did you see? You, you had a different lens that you were building at the time when you walked into the space that it is now. Like, yeah. well, it looks completely different. I mean, it was like a bricked out, like, oh, yeah. in some ways it was like, it was really cool in its own right, like, center, rust, super rustic. It was, yeah, center block walls, yeah. they, you know, there was kind of like, uh, it was brick floors, right, that they had, you know, they put sand on, like, super, yeah. super makeshift. <laughs> I mean, now you look like, it doesn't even look like the same space at all. Yeah. This is like dialed in sheetrock and... Oh yeah, now it's, know. now it looks like an apartment, right? Yeah. it's amazing. And so, like, you know, you, you didn't have to... You me that you have to say you should really look at this but you were you were just sharing out of you know you care for me and my family and you saw a natural opportunity within something that I had access to right yeah I mean I think it was twofold one I, I mean I know you as you know the alt dwell yeah oh yeah Dennis Marinello yeah Mr. dude alt dwell. let's find it let's find alternative the alternative dwelling that's right yeah you know so you've always been interested in in different types of dwellings yep. be it you know campers airstreams mm -hmm. tiny houses you know, tree houses yeah. yep etc just different cool interests and I think you've had a bead on the fact that like that's a trend, yeah. You know, and, mm -hmm. and it's only becoming more of a trend, you know. Yep. And you were think you were thinking about this ten years ago, yeah. You know, so, um, and and ADUs are are an alternative living, and they weren't very new, and that was three years ago, right? And they were brand new a few yeah. years ago, uh -huh. you know. Um, as far as as far as the actual code is concerned, mm -hmm. conceptually they've existed for quite a while, but yeah. um, yeah. I mean, I, I think at the time as well, like. Every property I looked at, yeah, I looked at with that lens, yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Like, because I was definitely in the in the mindset. And when you are thinking about these things, you look at properties yeah. with a different lens. Like, I I used to joke all the time with, you know, Todd, our real estate agent, my real estate agent. You know, we'd go to properties, and I'd be like, "Let's go look at the garage." Yeah, for sure. First thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. I wouldn't even go in the house. Yeah. I'm like, "Let's go look at the garage," because yeah. if it doesn't have a garage that I can convert, I'm out. Yeah. We can just leave right now. You know, we don't even need to look at the house. Yep. Like, it doesn't matter to me. So we go look at the garage and be like, "All right." Yeah. Structurally, we're good. Yeah. Let's now go look at everything else. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So it's just a different lens. You're looking at things of like, how do I maximize this space? And you see things. Yeah. That you might not have seen if you weren't thinking about it in the same way. Yeah, and 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 obviously the way we've we've talked about it, the way to maximize space is to convert existing space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. You can if you have land and and you be like, oh, I could go build an ADU out there. Like, great, yeah. good for you. Yeah, you know, but that's going to cost you one hundred fifty thousand plus dollars. Yeah. to build a standalone ADU for sure from scratch. Yeah, um, but if you've got existing square footage that either isn't being maximized or even isn't existing like permitted square footage yep. or conditioned square footage. Like, could I do something with that? Yeah. Though? You know, is there an option to do it much cheaper yeah, yeah. than going and building something standalone? Yeah. It, it just kind of hit me like sitting in the space now, one, like you didn't have to say anything and I didn't have to listen to you. 
right? Both of those, but both sides of that equation are true, right? And so like whether I, whether, whether you listener have an existing property or you're looking to buy an existing property or you already are in short-term rental operators and you want to like, and you're getting super stoked because you're seeing the numbers, you're seeing the cash on cash, you're seeing the performance, you're seeing how you're actually getting ahead in life and seeing a point where if you're not working yourself out of a day job, you, you potentially could create more freedom and margin for yourself. Like if you're getting amped and want to share this with your friends, I'm not saying to do it at all, by the way. But you as my friend did share with me because you were in kind of this accelerated mode of building and you were excited about the whole, the whole scene. The whole scene, you were in it. You were in it in real time. It was changing your life. And we had enough of a relationship. I trusted you enough to be like – because if, if someone I, I didn't trust told me, hey, you should renovate your basement, I'm like, screw you. I don't know you. Like, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, like, I, don't, yeah. I don't care what you have to say. But I'm like, Christian, like – you're doing. You're transforming your own financial life right now with your family. You're you're turning yourself into a a transient contrarian investor to change the trajectory of your whole life. I like right? that definition. I'm, what do you do for a living? I'm a transient contrarian, contrarian investor. investor. Yeah, dude. Like, like that, what does that mean? I don't know. My like, friend Dennis came up. Yeah, yeah. Like, that. like, like that's like that. But that, <laughs> but that's what I look at. I'm like, yeah. Like you were. Like you were. You know, this idea of, you know, you were, you were nomadic in the confines of our own little metro that we have here, but, yeah. but you were in this different headspace that I was not, I was, I've, I've been in corporate America my whole life. I'm making incremental moves. You're making, you're making crazy moves. You're making cra- seemingly crazy, I'm using air quotes, seemingly crazy moves with you and your family and your finances because you had a vision for it, right? And you saw something in my space and I had enough of connection with you and trust of your vision and what you were learning at the time to being like, it planted a seed in me to like, I need to get my ass in gear and start lobbying with my partner and start to find a way to make more money to convert this thing because very easily this, this 550 square for my more and it forms a trend of our too and so uh so i just wanted to like at least tell you that that it was it was it had an effect on me and to the point where i'm like hey man like this is the this is the higher and best better use for this space and then seeing you do it i'm like it's not only attainable but it's almost like it's figure outable right if you, yeah. if you jump in it it's figure out it's figure outable and i think that's what leaves people in a state of not of not moving on it, of not acting on it, of not making a call, of not starting that process to start leveraging themselves to create that that either house hack or that conversion or even that buy of that property, right? And I'm like, I, I totally get that fear and concern and that conservatism and, and everyone's in a different place and everyone has a different risk threshold. But this idea of whether you're the person receiving that advice from a trusted friend or you are that trusted friend I just want to say thanks, one, because it's mm. cool because we're sitting in a space that I don't think – I know it wouldn't look the way that it looks now without you just like expressing yourself in a, in a safe place to a, to a friend to friend. Mm. Um, but also because your life, you lived, you've been living out that ethos and that value system and that mission that you have for yourself. And I'm like more sure that I'm like, yeah, this place will, this place will crush. I like yeah. – I'm not. I'm not worried about this place, and I get to knock off, you know, my mortgage payment every month, if nothing else, right? And so I'm like, 
cool. I'm like, I'm cool. So it brought a lot of assurance and it de-risked the idea of now it's cost more money and taken more time, but that's been on me, right? That's been on how I, I wanted to design and the finishes and who I hired. I outsourced the project management. There's a lot of things that I chose the longer path, not the shorter path, but just the fact that we're sitting in it now and we're at the end of the journey, um, it does have your fingerprints. The start of it has your fingerprints on it. And so I at least wanted to call it out because it's a cool, like, you know, it's a cool book ending to the whole thing. We started a podcast in the meantime about short-term rental operating and it's fun. So. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And, yeah. and it's, it's exciting. And, and I think it, it goes to show like, I think a couple things like one, you know, everything I've learned like has been baby steps, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I literally knew nothing yeah. about real estate yeah. or, you know, renovating a property you know, when I bought my first house, my wife and I were just getting married, you know, and, and a friend of mine who was a contractor, Peter, yeah. Luciano, yeah. you know, worked with me on that. Yeah. And my father-in-law, you know, Holly's dad, who was in the trades, like whenever they'd come up, he'd help me like, mm-hmm. Hey, this is how you fix your plumbing. You know, yeah. you've got, you know, I'd have a list of things that yeah. we just like go work through all of these things uh-huh. and, you know, building up that property. And then as I got going, you know, Josh, yeah. who's now a partner of mine, you know, I, you know, I hired to help draw the plans yeah. for the ADU who drew the plans here for you, Yeah, for you sure. know, and, and so you can kind of, and then, you know, he, he hooked me up with my first subs, Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, and so like you, you can just kind of go like step by step, you know, f- find some friends in the, in, in the trades. If you, if you don't know anybody, like, you know, call people, like people are like looking for work, Yeah, you know, like, like trust yourself, like. Yeah. Like you can move this needle, yeah. like you can get this done and it's just little steps you take. You start with one project. And, and when you were talking about, it's like you kind of paid it forward. Like you brought me into uh, to this realm of like, yeah, you should probably get a, someone to come in and give you a design plan that will, the, the city will approve. Like you, you brought me into the stuff you were already learning, but you didn't bring everyone in. And so this is kind of like, you know, mileage may vary and, and caution everyone as far as, hey, if people ask you for subs and they're your core subs, be very, be very careful about oh, that. Sure. Be very careful because I, 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 Christian has built his own, uh, you know, stable of subs. I built my own stable of subs and I protect them like they're my children. Like that, cause yeah. I need them to do stuff for me, right? I need them to prioritize stuff totally. because the, the, the time of your subs equals return for you, value and return mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. So what, so what would you say? Cause we, I don't want to take too, too long here of, Someone who's on the fence, if they're listening to this and they're like, well, I, I have a house or I, even I have a condo or, or I'm renting and you know, this idea of, of, I, I think I could house hack or, or, yeah. or they're on the, or on the edge of like, I have a, I have a detached garage or I have a three car garage. Like what's stopping them right now? Yeah. I mean, one thing I want to say, which, which is exciting uh, and, and, and this is a this podcast, like, yeah. this is exactly like yeah for everybody like there might be some people out sitting out there that have quite a bit of capital they can make some bigger moves yep and there might be somebody sitting out there who literally is renting an apartment right now mm-hmm. there's a move for you to make in yep. rental triage yeah you know you can short-term rental triage 
your apartment. If you've got a, a two bedroom apartment, you're living in one room, a buddy's living in the other. What if you guys make a deal where occasionally you move into the same room together? Yep. And rent out the other room. Yeah. You can make some money. Yeah. Doing that. Yeah. I mean, that's like very li- like no entry, no costs. Yeah. Like very little risk, and that's a way to enter the game that doesn't doesn't require you to have two hundred thousand dollars of capital to go make a big buy well, today. It, yeah. And so that's like what this is about. Like yeah. our whole goal in this, like. We're not making money. We're at this point. We're not making money off this uh, off this podcast. No, not yet. TBD. Yep. But like that's our hearts in this thing. Yeah. Like our hearts is for people to like get a vision, get a plan, yep. get inspired. Yeah. Like see that this is super attainable, super doable. Mm-hmm. Like it just takes a little bit of of, of foresight and thought and vision yep. and then some action. Yeah. And you can create something that. Is gonna pay for your mortgage. Yeah, I mean and that's I, incredible. It is. It is pretty. It is pretty incredible that the hardest part of most businesses is creating the inertia, creating the initial momentum of movement, right? And that's where it's like in sales. Sales is, is no one likes to do it, but it's the most important. How do we get clients to get money in the door to fund all of our operations so we can continue to go get clients and do it better? I'd say that I know before we started this podcast, I was lobbying you for multiple months. Hey, man, like your your information is valuable. Your experience is valuable. You can make money off of this. And you're like, yeah, but I don't, I'm not going to start a business. And I'm like, have you thought about starting a podcast? And then you reach back out to me and you're like, all right, I do a podcast, but I do it with you. And I'm like, perfect. Because right, I'm like, that's all I'm about. I'm about like, how do we get the, how do we organize people's thoughts and how do we create movement? Like you and I are both about this idea of how do I leverage myself to create movement and momentum. And it's, it's, I think it brings a lot of, uh, it brings a lot of value and residual value back to us to see people taking control of their own lives. I think that self-empowerment and self-responsibility is a big deal. And real estate can be one of those legs in that three or four post stool or chair or other analogy you want. Like it's a big deal that creates this idea of stability and stability can be the foundation for this idea of legacy. Not legacy long-term, but legacy in the short-term. Like, how much time do you want? Where do you want to go? How transient do you want to be? What do you want your life to look like? Are you, do you feel like you're in control of your current circumstances? Like, real estate and having, you know, this idea of housing, food, shelter, clothing is the basis of Maslow's hierarchy of pyramid. Like, people need to feel safe physically and then psychologically so they can make higher-order decisions. Like, this is, a, this is a bigger deal. Shelter, food. And shelter are a big deal into people's psychological well-being and, and create stability. Like, but even you is like you weren't thinking about starting a podcast. And so, like, what you did for me to create the ADU, I'm like, I feel like I just was trying to get you to be like, hey, there's more value that you have on the table just to talk. And so, for people who are out there, like, your experiences are not just shareable, but they're valuable. And your story has a community. Like, we don't know who's listening to this. On our last episode, we had seven people we didn't know. There's people listen to it. We don't, we don't really care either. We're not doing it. <laughs> We're going to listen. We're doing it almost like to document a journey and to document our learnings. And also, too, that, you know, many years from now when our kids get old enough to listen to podcasts, you know, they can make fun of us <laughs> for the shit that we say, right? Yeah. And to leverage against us. But it's more so for, for you and I also to have scheduled, you know, this idea of quality time around topics that we both benefit from. But it also has an ROI. The, the more insight that we have... And the more we talk about it, I just feel like the more we can crystallize ideas around this idea of real estate and, and investing. And so 
Um, so thanks. I just wanted to at least document that because we're in the space. And I'm like, yeah, this is full circle, man. I'm looking around this place and I'm like, yeah, it costs a shit ton of money and it's fine. And it has an ROI and it's going to be a, a very strategic piece moving forward of me, which, which I did recently leave my day job. And so, yeah. which is rad, which is super rad, right? Which is the whole dream. That's our dream of work, you know, investing your way out of a day job. And, yeah. and becoming your own property manager and, and managing your own short-term rental portfolio and building out this leg of, of, uh, of my portfolio, which was finishing this, buying the next investment property down the street, and then the next one will be turning that garage into an ADU. So going from my primary residence to my primary residence in three doors that are rented. And that's, that's the first step. And, yeah. then, and then putting the 20% down on that to then refi in six months, depending on interest rates and having that available that 60, 80 K, whatever it is available to do the next thing. Like it's all strategic and plan and it takes a lot of courage to get started. It takes, yeah. it takes a lot of, um, it doesn't take as much investment money, but it really takes focus, determination. And, and, and sometimes it needs a friend to be like, Hey, you have something here. You yeah. have something here. So, and, and it is, I mean, I, I just want to touch on that point, the courage point, because it, Bar none, even still, every deal I buy, there's moments in there as you're as you're about to pull the trigger, yeah. where you get you're like, wait, you're is this is this the right decision? You're standing at the altar, yeah. No, and yeah. And, and, and even if you've done your due diligence, totally. you yeah. know, you've run your numbers, yeah. your numbers are solid. You're yeah. like, there's a good return here. I know what I got to put into it. I know what my furnishing is going to cost. I'm comfortable that I've been conservative yep. on my, um, you know, my average daily rate yep. and occupancy to get my top line numbers of total monthly revenue, and, and you know, and so you, you've run your numbers yep. and you're feeling confident. There's still nerves, bro. Yep. Like I, I still get it even now. Like yep. I look at deals and they are like pencil out like super well, uh-huh. and I'm like, yeah, but there's still risk. Uh-huh. You know, the market could turn. Yep. Like supply could get too high. Like, yep. sure. Like there's still risk no matter what, and there's still those those feelings, but like it does take courage. Yeah. Like you still gotta pull the trigger. Like you still gotta pull the trigger and and it's it and but I will say this, like like I've I've like just just to give you some confidence in this. Like you gotta do your own work. Yep. Like you gotta do your own work. We can't do the work for you. Yeah. But every single time I've felt nervous and at this point I'm like eight for eight. Yeah. Like, like, and so even if you feel nervous, it doesn't mean it's going to be a bad deal. And I kind of, it could still be, it could be an amazing. I, I look at real estate, like I look at roller coasters. They look scary, but I also, something inside of me says, there's been millions of people that have ridden this ride and no one has died. No one's died. No one's died. It's designed. Now I'm not going to say that in real estate, no one's died because that's yeah. not true. But that, <laughs> and, and psychologically that's, Kind of how I think about it. I'm like, there's a proven, there's a proven model, it's a proven method, there's a proven process. If you get the right buy, and it's in the right state, in the right location, like there's, there's, there is an equation to this thing. Yeah, and and every step you take builds confidence. Yeah. For you. Mm-hmm. So like we're saying, like if you don't have a lot of capital. Yeah. Like take a lower barrier to entry project. Either do house hacking. Yep. With your primary residence. Mm-hmm. You know, do something like add, like uh, like maximizing the additional square footage you have, like yep. Dennis did here, yep. like with his ADU. If you're just renting, 
you know, rent arbitrage and, yep. and figure out a way to like maximize the space you have to rent part of it out or rent yep. it out while you travel, like go camp for a while and rent it out. Like there's, there's things that you can do that are kind of lower barrier to entry, yeah. you know, or like we were talking about this before we came on the air. Like you had a friend, Dennis, that, you know, their parents are moving to Reading and buying mm-hmm. a space. Yeah. And so like finding a way where you could, you know, manage your parents' property yep. or manage like your grandparents' properties. Yep. Um, something that's already in the family that maybe they're not maximizing, yeah. but you can do a rental arbitrage that way. That's right. Yeah. Where, where you know somebody else, you're, you're providing a service for them. Yeah. But you're also, it's a way for you to get in the game. That's right. Get in the game, and and I think so much of the courage comes from how how we conditioned ourselves before we got to this opportunity. Meaning that I've been in corporate America for 15 years. I was taught to get your 401k, have these benefits, don't work for yourself, like all, all, the, all this, the, this very specific path that was, that was lined out before you, and this is how it's done. This idea of entrepreneurship via the vehicle of short-term rental operating, like it's a, it's a, it's a very specific alt, alt investment strategy, right? It is. That you don't get into to be higher net worth and to get excess, when in reality, there's a whole generation of people that are saying, I can retire at 40, I can retire at 38, I can retire at 35, and I don't have to have as much because I've created a floor for myself, I've, cr- I've created a platform for myself through short-term rental operating that I was able to work myself out of a day job. And for me, I knew I wanted to quit corporate America 15 years off the day I started. I just <laughs> couldn't get out of it. And the longer you're in it, the more you feel pressure because of your responsibilities to stay in and do the job you know how to do with a predictable insurance plan and a predictable deductible and predictable income. And that's something that in real estate, especially short-term rental, you can't predict, but you can predict averages based off historical precedent, but you have to have enough time and enough risk threshold to get enough time under your belt to understand what that predictable revenue is. And for me, it's just like, I feel like I've limped into it. You, I feel like you, you dabbled, you dabbled pretty hard and then you just went for it. Right. And so now I'm at a point where I actually can say that, you know, my, I, I left corporate America last month, which is pretty rad, which is pretty rad. Right. And, and yeah, I have my own businesses that I'm building. And part of my businesses, one of my business I'm building is real estate and short, specifically short term rental operating. And part of that too is like, I feel a lot of de-risking because of our podcast, because of our relationship, and the podcast is kind of expression of our relationship. It's yeah. one of the aspects, right? But more so, like there, there's no hidden fees in this proposition. Like if there's hidden fees, we bubble them up. We have our friends bring them to us. We're going out and researching them. I'm like, I feel like I have as much information to be as informed buyer. Mm-hmm or a consumer of this product called real estate as possible. And for me, it's just like, I think that that's what a lot of people are missing is it's, I'm afraid of what I don't know. Yeah. I'm not afraid of what I do know. I'm not, and even that you can trust yourself and like these bones look good. And it's in a good neighborhood, but there's a lot of what ifs. I just bought a property and I didn't do a lot of inspections that I would have normally done because of our podcast and the preparation we've done and bringing in the experts, including Josh and a few, a lot of different advisors coming in and assessing the property. And I had, I had some inspection done, but not as much as I, I usually would have done going in flat footed. Right. And it's almost like we can crowdsource these gotchas. We can crowdsource the liabilities. We can crowdsource the things that we can look for 
through this. And that's where it's just like, I feel like I'm an informed investor way beyond where I was two years ago, just from a straight prospecting standpoint. Because I've always prospected. I've always prospected neighborhoods, raw land, where it's at. Like, because that's what I do. I walk into spaces and I'm like, what's the highest and best use of this space? And, I, and I, that's, that's a gift that I have. And I've done it through multiple renovation projects that I've moved into. And that's been my vehicle down this road, not short-term rental. Um, but I didn't have the courage to do it as a primary leg of my stool, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's cool. There's there's different ways to do it. Yeah. Like so so now I I left my day job and I'm full time. Yeah. You know, I, I've run my own operations, I've got a team with me. Your you portfolio. know, full time yeah. portfolio manager yeah. of short and midterm rentals. Yep. And you, Dennis, you left your corporate job, but then you also have another consulting mm-hmm. gig you and a partner have yep. on the side, which is still your primary form of income. Still my primary form of income? Yeah, correct. And you're going to keep that going. Until I can and, – and the first the first goal is to how do I create $8,000 a month in passive income? That through, co- through that? No, through – the goal The goal through is – Through real estate. Through real estate. To build gotcha. real estate up right now. To replace my month my monthly expenses, right? Nice. And so the goal is to continue to have uh, my consultancy. I own my own time, doing things I'm passionate about with people that I I, I love and believe in, building things of value and worth uh, for ourselves. And you really don't make great money until you create something, till you create the software, to to create the idea, till you own, till you're an owner and not a renter via your time. And so the goal, my first goal is I've all, I've been running my consultancy in parallel to my day job for six years. So having, and it is stressful, having multiple e- multiple emails, multiple phones, multiple calendars, multiple laptops, it's stressful. But it's one that I've become, I've created that muscle and I've increased my capacity to be like, it's not a big deal anymore to handle all that stuff and to consolidate down and replace it with a very stable, now the climate we're in is, is unstable, but the asset class that is real estate is very stable historically. And so it's it's just trading out something that I don't respect. I don't respect just being considered a number on a dashboard. I don't respect uh, s- selling for for organizations that really don't care about their customers. There's there's a there's a value alignment that I never had with corporate America, which is why I created my my consultancy. And it's and it and we do really well. And and part of that is I I want to consult for fun, make great money, but just work with my friends to generate value where where it happens to be invested in right and part of that is investing in multiple different asset classes but you know having having our monthly expenses covered by our real estate portfolio is the first kind of goal i'm setting for myself and i yeah. think that's i think that's, that's great that's 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 two that's a one more buy and two adus away that's that's how i how i feel about it right yeah and so, and I have one one of those ADUs at the property that's und, undeveloped yet at the new investment property. And so, I unless I can, we can figure out a way to turn to use the new density laws to to turn our lot into those additional doors. Um, it, it potentially is one one buy one buy with an ADU or two smaller buys away. Yeah, but it's not that far away. Yeah, and you use your consultancy income. Yep. to help get your next down. That's correct. And, and we to get your next one. And we have mul- yeah, we have multiple years of revenue. Like we, we can still qualify. Like, I'm not I'm not yeah. worried about which is pretty rad. Most and that's of- a great thing about keeping your day job, keeping yeah. a day job. Yeah. Of 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 you know, there's a whole conversation we should have actually here about financing. Yep. Um, but one of the benefits of having a W two job like Dennis has here 
is especially a job that he's had for multiple years, years is when you go to get a loan, yep. that's a big part that lenders look at. They want to see a W-2 income, yep. meaning that it's consistent. Yep. And you've had it on the books for multiple years, so they can feel confident that you're going to be able to pay off that loan. Yep. Like for me, as an independent investor, I have to show multiple years of income yep. on your portfolio. my portfolio. Yep. However, with real estate, one of the benefits... And the knocks, the, the the pros and cons of real estate is you can write a ton of stuff off yeah. on your taxes mm-hmm. with real estate if you're a full-time investor, a real estate practitioner like myself. But I can also show a loss. Yeah. So now, like right now, I showed a loss yep. on my taxes for 2021. So I can't go get a, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a, a single-family home loan. Yeah. I can get commercial loans because yep. commercial loans are dependent on the performance of the property yeah. that you're buying. Mm-hmm. But single-family loans, uh, single fa- uh, ho- loans on single-family homes, sorry, are dependent on your income. Yeah. And so I've shown a loss, even though I made money. Yeah, yeah. The way taxes are written off via real estate, it's harder for me to get a loan. So if you're trying to build a single-family home portfolio. <laughs> yep. And you're starting out. Don't quit that job. Don't quit that job. And I wasn't planning. I mean, I was I was strategically planning to leave around this time anyway, right? But you know, there there was a there was an opportunity to make a an amicable split. But I was in escrow when they called me and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do a reduction in force. There's you know there's multiple hundreds of people that are gonna be gone from the organization, and you're one of them. We're gonna give you five weeks of severance. And in my first mind, I was like, I gotta I gotta fucking close this loan. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta close this more. I gotta For close sure. this loan right now, and right. But the previous year's versions of myself would have been scared. I sold my two investment properties when COVID hit because I, I didn't know enough about the rent, the short term rental operating model, or what was going to happen in culture and society. I, I felt more safe in cash, and so I, I converted that. I wish I would have kept both those properties. I really do. I really do. But it was interesting that. Because when you are in the escrow process, multiple times, at least two times, they're going to have to. They will verify. Or a lot of mortgage comp, mortgage brokers are going to verify your in your employment status. Mm-hmm. And so they did one at the beginning, and I was still employed. And the second time they did it, I was ten days away from being let go. And so I, I asked very specific questions: Who exactly do you need to talk to to verify this? They said, "Well, anyone in HR or your manager. I will get you my manager. Just a second. And so I called my manager. I said, hey, here's the situation. This is what I need you to say. As of today, I'm employed at this organization. He goes, not a problem. I'll do you a solid. Thank you very much. They did it. Closed the loan. A week later, I was let go. <laughs> and, and I never felt more confident about the acquisition of a property than I did with this one. Because of the information, because the information that, we, that we've armed ourselves with and the track record that we have. Because mm-hmm. worst case scenario, I have a $1,900 mortgage that I can just have someone rent for a, every month and cover it, right? The worst yeah. case scenario, I get a long-term renter in there. In six months, I refinance my principal back and I can decide what to do with that, that right? So it's just a holding tank for that investment money that I won't have to five-one seat or I won't have to do a conversion on. But the goal would be to turn that turn that right over into the ADU and get that two grand a month or eighteen hundred dollars a month flowing, just like I'm doing here. So, yeah, so yeah, just wanted to mark the moment. But I mean, the episode title I I, I think it's the idea of, of maximizing your current position. 
But but what the hell are you waiting for? This idea of what's stopping you from at least from looking at your what you have access to and saying how do I how do I right size this? How do I take a risk? How do I leverage myself into a position that makes me uncomfortable on purpose? On purpose because that's how powerful choices are made. That's how moves are actually made. And so that's what I'm doing now. I happen to be Christian and I both happen to be like pro risk guys. We, we, we actually like the gray, the black and white is boring. The, the idea of like pushing the envelope is fun for us. We not everyone is there. Um, but I mean, if you're getting energy out of this and if you're getting energy out of the process of, of acquiring and burring properties, like, and you see a friend that's acquired something, don't be afraid to let them know what vision that you see in that because that could inspire them or plant a seed to actually do something that could fully, like totally empower them to make great moves for their life. So that's it. Any last thoughts? I'm happy for you, man. Thanks, I'm bro. Stoked, dude, this is, looks awesome. Thank you. Glad for you and your family. Yeah, it's stoked. I'm not going to do a disclaimer. You guys know the disclaimer at the end of the shows. <laughs> Plus, Chris was giving me crap about it earlier. <laughs> All right. Not financial advice or legal advice. Boom. Be well. Talk to you later. Bye.